0: Welcome to this podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Episcopal Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We hope you consider hitting like or subscribe. We hope you will share this audio with your friends and neighbors, help others know about our inclusive, theologically progressive community of faith. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can make a gift at stmichaelsabq.org. In the name of our loving, life-giving, liberating God, amen. Please be seated. Well, hello, St. Michael's. My name is Mike, and I am so glad to be with you. And I got applause at the beginning of this service, but I want to shake that because I want to acknowledge that while we have been in transition for a couple months now as a family, you all have been in transition a lot longer than that, and there has been a lot of work to go in. So I want to take a moment, I didn't tell them ahead of time that I was going to do this, but if you were part of the discernment team, would you stand up for just a moment? Discernment team. Yeah. And if you are part of the vestry at any point during the transition, will you stand up for a moment? And if you were part of the welcoming team, anybody who showed up at our house and helped unpack boxes or showed up with food or helped take care of us and teach us about the MVD, will you stand up for just a moment? (laughs) Will you help me thank this group of people that has done such good work? I also want to say thank you to your clergy and to your staff who have made the new guy on the team feel so welcome. They have been patient and caring, and I'm really grateful to be joining this team. So this, begin, this morning, we begin a new chapter in the Hebrew Bible, and, and more than a new chapter, we begin a whole new book. Uh, much of the summer, we have been reading the book of Genesis, and we checked in here a couple of weeks ago, and I know you were reading the book of Genesis. But we've been hearing the stories of Joseph and the patriarchs and matriarchs and ancestors in the faith. And today we turn the page to Exodus. And it strikes me that Exodus does not begin with Moses. And Moses is important, sure, we we hear his story this morning, but Exodus knows Moses isn't the whole story. The first chapter is an origin story. Moses' faith, his faith that will go on to change the fate of his people, his faith predates him. Moses inherits a lineage of faithful defiance. and Lineage matters when it comes to faith. What it means to be Christian today is contested ground, isn't it? What it means to be a person of faith I suspect our neighbors have a few different opinions on that one. And this morning, I want to suggest to you, if you want to know what it means to be a Christian, if you want to know what it means to believe in God, you have to look to your roots. Exodus doesn't begin with Moses. Exodus isn't about the one leader who saves the people. Exodus is about the faith of everyone. Moses's faith, thank God, has deeper roots than Moses. Our roots stretch back to the faithful disobedience of Shiphrah and Puah. Did you learn those names in Sunday school? (laughs) I suspect that if you grew up here at St. Michael's, you might have but others of us may not. We know their names at all is astounding. This second paragraph of the Exodus reading is one of the most astounding in all of the Bible, I would say. Most of the women in the Bible are remembered because they were somebody's mother or sister, right? Somebody else. That's the patriarchy, right? But astonishingly, there are moments when the Bible breaks through its patriarchal setting. And Shiphrah and Puah are the first working women named in Scripture. And they are the first women working outside the home for pay. They aren't the mothers of a prophet or a king. We hear that they have families as God's blessing comes to them, but we don't hear anybody else's names. We don't know anything else about their descendants. Shiphrah and Puah are leaders in their own right. They set a pattern of faith that will define a people. These midwives, Shipra and Puah, they provide the context of liberation into which Moses is born. And the midwives know they have a sacred duty. Childbirth is holy work. Messy work, hard work, but holy work. These midwives know that the life they protect are more important than some law from a bigoted pharaoh who doesn't understand health care. <laughs> As St. Augustine once said, lex in non est lex. Dr. King translated, an unjust law is no law at all. This pharaoh, who did not know Joseph, who did not know his own people were saved by the Hebrew people, this pharaoh who does not know his history, his ruling must be defied. That is the lineage of our faith. Those are our roots, friends. We stand here almost a quarter of a way through the 21st century. That's hard to believe. Thousands of years after Shifra and Puah trusted God and defied the powers of their day. Our roots reach back to those faithful midwives. The Bible wants us to know their names, to know their faith. You heard me pray a prayer that comes from our presiding bishop, so I can't take credit, Michael Curry, in the name of our loving, life-giving, liberating God. Exodus tells us our God is loving, life-giving, and liberating. You know that a couple centuries ago, There were missionary organizations that removed the book of Exodus from the Bible. Enslaved Africans were being taught a version of the Bible that included a lot of St. Paul, but not the book of Exodus. Anglican missionaries printed so-called slave Bibles without the book. It shouldn't surprise us today that after the Gospels, there is no book of the Bible more read in the black church than the book of Exodus. Tomorrow is the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington, of the I Have a Dream speech. And Dr. King has been called the American Moses because he knew the roots of his faith. He knew that he came from a tradition where folks hid their Christianity, where they gathered under the boughs of a tree to tell the stories of Exodus, of Moses, of the midwives. Dr. King has been called the American Moses because he knew the roots of his faith, a faith with the power to set people free. And the question of roots is also at the heart of the story we hear about Jesus this morning, his questions to his disciples. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do you say that I am? And Peter's answer is powerful. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God and Peter's answer is more powerful because Peter is being specific. The Messiah is the anointed one who is to continue the pattern of liberation. The Messiah is the one to set the people free. Don't miss. The theological is also often political. Jesus and his followers are living under a new pharaoh, under Rome. And Jesus knows how, danger it is, how dangerous it is to be called the Messiah, the anointed one of the liberating God. Jesus knows that a faith centered on setting people free will always upset the powers that be. St. Michael's, I am so grateful to finally be here with you. And I need to tell you, as much as I love the Mountain West and I wanted to get out of the Midwest, as much as I love getting to move to a place that my family has called home for several generations, uh, like many folks in this congregation, my family came to New Mexico originally about 100 years ago to Cattle Ranch, as much as I love reconnecting with those roots and and as much as I love green chili, (laughs) that's not what called me to St. Michael's. I also didn't come here because I happened to share a name with the church, though that's convenient. You're not likely to forget that Mike Angel is now the name of your rector. No, what, what called me here was none of that. It was your witness to our liberating faith. Through the discernment process, it was clear, this is a congregation that believes just as God called Shifra and Puah, just as Jesus called his followers, God is calling us to be about the work of liberation. In truth, I've known about this church for a long time. I grew up Episcopalian just one state up north, and I've had the privilege over the years of serving with women that you called to ordination decades before. That. I first heard the name of your rector Brian Taylor from women clergy leaders who I knew, who helped get up to our parish, up one diocese north, because it wasn't possible here. As a queer kid growing up in the Episcopal Church in Colorado, I also knew about this congregation in New Mexico standing up to its own bishop for the sake of LGBTQ plus people. And 10 years ago today, Albuquerque made marriage equality legal. it was just a couple of weeks after Ellis and I were married in Washington, D.C., and I knew that St. Michael's was performing some of the first marriages in the state. I read in your profile that Joe Britton had allowed the rector's office to be turned into a ministry, welcoming asylum seekers and immigrants. On Thursday, with leaders from the landing at a vigil in front of the immigration offices here, I got to meet Some of the guests who talked about how life-giving how loving how liberating it was after the inhumane treatment they received in immigration detention to arrive here and receive kindness and i thought that is the kind of church i want to join what called me to you is your belief that our faith is rooted in standing up to pharaohs and i wonder whether we don't hear about Shifra and Puah's descendants, because Exodus wants us to be their spiritual grandchildren. The Bible wants us in our day to take up the mantle of a defiant, loving, life-giving, liberating faith. And so I'm so grateful for your call to walk with you. I'm grateful to walk with a congregation which asks again and again, how can your faith set you free? How can your faith set others free? Amen.